coming up on Smash That Glass. Oh no, got the itchy. <laughs> Never have I ever pissed the tent. I was trying so hard to wee, I actually did a poo. A sexy poo. Smash That Glass, a celebration of the women that get shit done in music, entertainment, pop culture and throughout history. I'm your host, Candy Machine, and how are you all? How are you, Acid Pearl? I am all good, thank you. Got a blocked here, but I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Jupiter Storm? I'm good. I've had a, a long, <gasps> fabulous weekend, so I'm, I'm very happy. Excellent. How are you, Super Natty Cat, who's stuffing her face with mince pies as we speak? <laughs> I'm so happy right now. I'm eating mince pies. This is so It's good. mince pie season. It's finally December. What's everyone been doing since we last saw it? It's been a month. It's been a whole month. A whole month? I know I've done stuff. I've gone blank. <laughs> Everything's been crazy. Good content. <laughs> <laughs> so I went away uh, at the weekend for my birthday with Gadget. So <gasps> we went to birthday. the Lake District. Oh, happy birthday. Uh, thank you. I'm 21. <gasps> yes, I thought you were 18. All the things you would be in prison for right now if <gasps> I was 18. <laughs> Don't call me out like that. No, it was lovely. I went to the Lake District, never been before. Um, it was really, really good. It was. Uh, we spent like Aww. two nights at a nice Airbnb on a farm and um, had a nice, nice little hot tub. So we had gadget soup. Oh, gadget, gadget soup. soup. <laughs> Did you do the... Good soup. Yeah, I, did. <laughs> I knew it. I did. I also made him like lay so he could float in the hot tub and I span him round. <laughs> and we pretended to be astronauts in space. Oh, I love that. You just bobbed around for a bit. Yeah, well, I don't think he realised that's what we were playing, but that's what I was playing. <laughs> did anyone get Glastonbury tickets? Because they went on sale last month. No. Did anyone oh, did try? They? No, didn't even try. No, it always catches me out. Work I, did. I find out three weeks later that they went on sale, and then I go, "Oh, yeah." It feels like what? ages away, doesn't it? But it always comes around so fast as well. That's mm, it catches why. you just before Christmas as well. So, oh yeah, you really make sure you put the money aside. Has anyone been to Glastonbury before? I have. What did no. you, do you like oh. it? Mm-hmm. But I was doing litter picking, so I worked it for my ticket. Oh. I had what? Well, oh. well, I worked for my ticket, but how uh, Geordies say, worky ticket. Gadget says it to me all the time. Worky ticket? I'm annoying him. If I'm annoying him, he says, you're working your ticket, but it's you're, you're such a worky ticket or you're working your ticket or that. something. That sounds no, like I had a very to... granddaddy expression, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I didn't like the way him. I just said granddaddy either, because that sounds a bit gross. Granddaddy. <laughs> Granddad-esque <laughs> expression. <laughs> I went to Glastonbury once for my 30th and it i i truly had a horrifying experience it wasn't like, that bad pray tell well so what happened, what happened was um and it we got to i think this was i'd had a pretty good time up until this moment and i think it was the sunday night and i should have known really that it was bad because it's it was kanye west night so 
automatically <laughs> But that particular <laughs> night, I got a urinary tract infection. Quite oh, a bad one. Sucks. Oh, in a turn. Get, <laughs> get the cranberry juice out, girl. Oh no, got the itchy clit. I was I was sitting in my tent just, and if you've ever had a, a UTI, you know it's hell. It's just not a good time. Pissing needles. Oh, just the worst. So my friends very kindly said, right, we'll get you a bucket, we'll line it, and you can have it in your tent so you don't have to keep getting up and trying to go to the loo. You can just go in your tent. So I had like a bag of, it was sort of a box bag of wine. So I was trying to drink that in lieu of cranberry juice. And I had... (laughs) Grapes, cranberries, I see it. (laughs) Yeah, it's close enough. And I had quite a lot of weed and I was just trying so hard. So it's like, right, I think it's going to happen. So I was sitting on my makeshift loo, my, my bucket. And you know, the, the tents are quite near to each other, aren't they, at, at Glastonbury? Like, there's not that much privacy. And I could hear my friends next door to me <laughs> starting to have sex whilst I was there, like, oh. trying so hard to do a wee. And I was trying so hard to wee, I actually <laughs> did a poo. <laughs> I was there taking an accidental shit in my tent. It was right next to the heads <laughs> of them who were currently having sex at that moment. And I just, I don't, I've, I've never really been able to live past that moment, to be quite honest. <laughs> I never knew this about That's you, amazing. but I feel so much better about myself. A, a, sexy, a sexy poo. <laughs> it was not. Oh a my sexy god, poo. I'm never going to look at a wine box ever again. <laughs> oh, I'll get you what? Say next time I, I see you, we'll get the wine box in. <laughs> Please tell me it was empty and there was no like backsplash of wine on your ass. No, 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 I don't think no, there was no <laughs> backsplash. But it, yeah, just a little This is hideous. Little just fish a little in the bucket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember when I went to Reading Festival, it was in two thousand and nine and I was I was nineteen and it was all very new and it was all very exciting and it was uh, it was before I went to Glastonbury, so it was my first festival experience. And I had a, a pop up, one of those. Do you remember those pop up tents? Yeah, the circular ones. They're really oh, easy like to get up. Yeah, never pop down. Absolutely not. But also, they're one skin, so they drip on you with the condensation. And oh. Oh. So it's awful. And I'd never gone camping before, so oh. had I have known, I would have thought to bring like padding between me and the ground. It was literally just the sleeping bag on the bottom of the tent. That's all I had. Oof. I didn't have like a yoga mat or anything like that. I just didn't think. And I didn't bring enough food and I should have brought, probably brought stuff for my tent for like, you know, eating and nibbling or bottles of water. <laughs> so I was waking up first thing and sipping like warm cider just oh, to yeah. quench my thirst. But I, well, I was looking for something to smoke. I wanted to like be at a festival. I wanted to do some drugs. And uh, I was directed over to a tent and it had this smear of brown on the side. It literally said <laughs> brown written in mud. <laughs> oh, was like, mud. Are you sure that's mud? mud? And I was like, that's brown. And he said, it's the tent that says brown on the side. You can't miss it. And I thought, <laughs> weird. And I thought, because all the different tent areas were labelled like, you know, blue field or red field or whatever it was called. That's what I thought. They were in like the brown Ooh. section. So it, we were making it nice and whatever. <laughs> anyway, I got there and I bought some weed off the guy and then I paid extra for him to roll it for me. <laughs> paid extra. You thought you'd throw that in. Yeah. And he thought he'd throw it in as well. And then he asked me if I wanted a heroin. And I was like, horrified. <gasps> Horrified. He goes, uh, what the uh, hell do you think was written on the side of the tent? And I was like, oh, oh I, I, actual I thought brown. it was. 
I didn't know that was the slang for heroin. I just only ever knew it as chasing the dragon or heroin. Or horse. <laughs> but I, no, I knew that was slang for heroin, but I don't think I would have immediately gone to heroin tent. I think I would have I just thought brown camping as well. Yeah, so when I went to go leave, I think you took a lot of delight in telling me that it was it was made from poo. It was written in poo. Oh, some some, some man yeah. bastard yeah. had written in poo on the side of his tent. And yeah, that was uh, I, that was the year. Do you remember the year? I was at Reading Festival, and it was the same weekend. But that girl at Leeds dropped her handbag down the long drop toilet and oh. then went in to get it and got stuck upside down for like two three hours oh, in a long drop God. No, um, and she was trapped should be pulled out and hosed off do you remember that story no it was the same year no i remember using the long drops for the first time i'd never used toilets like that before again i was 19 and afterwards my friend was like so what do you think and i just cried and said is this how people in poor countries God, I just don't this understand really how people idiot. manage to just mess the toilets so spectacularly. Oh, festival toilets are the worst, though, aren't they? It was the first time Ooh. I'd ever like looked down a toilet and seen everyone else's oh, stuff no. down there. That was the first time. But yeah, when I heard that story about that girl, um, I was I was so horrified. I made everyone hold my stuff before I even went up the stairs. I was, oh, yeah. I was terrified of dropping something down there. That's I did nice. have a friend actually, and this was at Reading Festival, and he'd gone to a portaloo, and some, they, a bunch of people had like shoved it over, and it sort of landed, um, like door face down as well, so he couldn't get up. Oh, it's yeah. it bad. Oh, I've got a, I've got a good festival story actually. I just remembered, uh-huh. and I got this is again like early twenties, and it was absolutely freezing, and I did the same as uh, Jupiter, like not thinking about what to take. I had this like. <laughs> sleeping bag that was like 2.99 from b&m it's like this little like <laughs> it was basically like kitchen towel would have covered me better and obviously yeah i was smashed like totally super drunk went back to our tent that i was sharing with my friend and it was just us two in this like little little purple tent and i think i went back before her and then i absolutely wet myself didn't i didn't know anything about it woke up just freezing and wet and i was like no i haven't like i've actually done this and she's asleep and i'm like oh, i can't like i just can't tell her so i i got out like took all my stuff like literally went running like launched my clothes got in the portal like cleaned myself up as best i could got back to the tent like started like scrubbing like all while she's asleep like scrubbing the tent with like baby wipes and it like she didn't even know like in the next day she didn't know and i told them all in a game of like never have i ever i was like never have i ever pissed the tent and they were like no and i was like yeah last night <laughs> Wasn't this like oh, three savage. years ago? Aww. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> 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 Look at that. Look at that. But yeah, so that was that. Reading was also the same festival that we parked near one of those drinking fountains because the showers were notoriously a really long queue. Mm-hmm. And uh, halfway through the festival, I was really, really desperate to wash my hair and have a shower. Uh, so I went over to the drinking fountain and I, I deliberately got up really early. You know that kind of lull when the last people go to bed and then the first people start getting up around about kind of four in the morning. Yeah, like between four or five in the morning, maybe like five in the morning. Because um, I didn't want to, you know, be washing my hair in the in the drinking tap and like let there be a queue of people. Anyway, I started washing my hair and then I... I um, as I was going, I had my hair upside down under the tap and I was scrubbing, scrubbing all the shampoo out. And then I felt something above me and I went, what? Oh, no. And I kind of pulled back, not realising anyone, everyone was around, no one was around. 
and a man was washing his balls in my hair. Shut as up. I was washing my what? hair. He was just too polite to say anything. I think I was assaulted. Yeah. Was I assaulted? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Truly horrific. Who else has got news? I've been playing Callisto. Oh, how is it? I've heard I've heard mixed. So it is very if you like Dead Space, you'll probably like it, which isn't a huge shocker mm. because obviously one of the I think is it the one of the um guys that was working on Dead Space? Um Glenn Schofield. Right. Yeah. So he he's directed this, but he'd previously co created Dead Space. If I get that right. <laughs> so it's it is in, it's incredibly Dead Space. Like if you've played yeah. Dead Space, you're gonna like Callisto. But it's a little bit the mechanics of the combat are very janky. Well not even janky, what's the word? Very clunky. Yeah, that's what Gadget so was it's saying. Like, it's it yeah. seems really so unintuitive. Yeah, I watched him play it, it looked yes, a little bit correctly. clunky. Yeah, so it's to dodge you just literally hold left stick and then you hold right stick. And it's always left, right, whack, whack, whack. Left, right, stomp, stomp, stomp. That's literally what you do. That's the game. Um, but it's, you play it for the atmosphere of it. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And I knew it was gorgeous because I've been playing God of War mm-hmm. and Mo's been going, God of War, because it's a PlayStation exclusive and he's, <laughs> he's not into that. But then the other day I came home and I was like, Mo? Like shouting up the stairs. I was like, shit, there's no lights on. He's dead. <laughs> I go upstairs, he's in here, playing on my PlayStation, Callisto. And I was like, oh, so you do want to play this game then? But he was he was quite enjoying it. And he doesn't normally like spooky stuff. But it's 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 very, very good. It's absolutely stunning. Yeah. Voice acting's good and the like the monstery people in it are, and there's a couple of like Resident Evil throwbacky bits with like things jumping through windows and yeah, so I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's not a very long game because I was really impressed that this game was fifty quid, and most games at the moment are like mm. 70, 70, 80 quid. So I was like, oh wow, well done guys for keeping yeah. the cost low. And then I worked out I'm about halfway through and I've played six hours. It's a twelve oh. hour game max. Mm, that's not great. So that's why it's cheap. Mm. So so that that's what I've been doing. I actually haven't played Dead Space, but I've been waiting. I I had plans on going back and playing it, but they've got the um. Sort of, they've got the remake, haven't they, coming out in uh, January? January. January. So I'm yeah, gonna wait January. till then. So I think I'll, I'll probably do Dead Space before I'll do um, Callisto. Yeah, I would. I would say that's a good way around. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, so. I'm not. I'm still playing God of War Ragnarok, and I think I want to take that one. I, I want it to see me through Christmas because it's definitely more Christmassy. But speaking of which, it's definitely Christmassy. Jupiter, you've been playing it with Gadget, haven't you? Or watching Gadget Playing play. with, watching. <laughs> watching him play it and, and shout out, Stompies! When he's w- walked past something that <laughs> <laughs> he's missed. Oh, you missed a Stompy! You watched him play the 28 God of War, didn't you? 2018, sorry. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's probably one of the first... No, it was... um, uh, The Last of Us was the first video game I ever watched mm. him play through. So I don't play video games. So I'm not really into it. I play a couple of VR games. But um, I get a bit car sick after a while, so I can't. I <laughs> uh, can't do it for long. But no, I, I like watching him play like the big, pretty games. So when we watched, when I watched him play the 2018 one, I remember being so, like, I sound like a mum by say this, but I'm so impressed with what they could do with games these days. <laughs> yeah, but that's so I was... to these new games, isn't it? Because yeah. you can watch them like yeah, watching like films. a movie. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of, you, you act as like a, an extra pair of eyes during combat and you can, and <laughs> if you've got someone you're watching who's open to like follow you, you know, say to you, if you say to them, oh, can we go down there and see what's down there? Or let's go on that side quest. Like they'll do it. So you feel included. And it's because of, um, there's a girlfriend reviews on YouTube. That sort of first made me open ah, to the idea open to the idea of watching because she uh it was a channel that um the girlfriend essentially says i've watched my partner play this and it was really interesting to watch him play or this one he was up late at night swearing a lot and it was very very um diary christmas lights so it was hard to follow and and seeing it from that perspective made me go oh oh you can watch games you don't have to play them so that's what i do and uh, i was really impressed with the scale in the 2018 one of the World Serpent, that was my favourite part. Yeah, the World oh, Serpent I bit because I, 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 he's my favourite. Oh, was... <laughs> it was like just I can't believe that how small I felt watching a video game, you know, and yeah. seeing the scale of it. I just, I don't think I've, I can't think of a, I can't think of a movie it doesn't really come to mind where I felt the same. And I think it's because we were interacting with it, so you get a false sense of perspective that you're actually there and then you see this huge thing and it makes you feel smaller i just never experienced that before so that was really cool yeah so yeah watching him Aww. play the current one and we're um yeah it's about four hours a night i'm sat there like going okay i'm gonna go to bed now <laughs> how are you finding okay. it as an as, uh, as an observer how are you finding it compared to um, 2018 maybe i find the storyline harder to follow i've noticed so, that there's a lot going on yeah. isn't there there's a lot going on, and I, in the beginning, the gadget wanted me to watch every single part of the play yeah. with him. And how many hours is the game? 50 hours? It's much bigger, yeah, it's much bigger than the last one. The last one, I think the main story was possibly around 20 hours at a push. I think this one is it's a bit longer, probably, yeah, maybe so 30, 40. Watching that many hours of someone is a lot <laughs> if you're not playing so sometimes i'll dip in and out of it and i have to catch up on the the storyline so i'll ask gadget and he'll say i don't know actually i'm completely lost i don't know what our quest is next yeah you know, like like i don't know if i don't spoiler alert i don't know um we haven't finished it but the basis of it is you're trying to prevent ragnarok yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. think I don't think you could call that a spoiler, really. I don't know what I'm allowed to spoil or not, but yeah. <laughs> so that's what you're trying to do. So each step, I'm going. Well, why are they doing that if they know that that's going to start Ragnarok? Why are they doing it then? Like that doesn't make any sense. And I'm trying to figure out their motivations and trying to understand what the storyline is. All while there's really graphic death scenes of people's jaws <laughs> being ripped off yeah. and um, <laughs> and all these weird names we've got for stuff. <laughs> Like uh, Bumhead. What did Bumhead say? I forget his name, so he's Bumhead. Bumhead. Which one's Bumhead? <laughs> I'm trying to Mimir. think who Bumhead might be. Mamir. Bumhead. Oh, Mamir. He's just head, yeah, surely. He's, no, he's yeah, a he's Bumhead. Because his location is always on the bum. Oh, so every time oh, something yeah. happens, I always think it's really unfair for, M- for Mamir because like, there's this big scene happening and he's like... What? He's just looking <laughs> off into the distance, <laughs> telling his stories. <laughs> At least he got two eyes now. <laughs> What's going on up there, brother? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> I said, P, have you been playing anything? Have I? No, nothing new, I don't think. I've been playing Fancy Star online, living my best anime uwu life. I'm just in it for the fashion show. Come at me all you want. <laughs> Absolutely. And you haven't started Ragnarok yet, have you? No, it's going to be an after Christmas uh, purchase because my dog kindly 
has cost me a very lot of money before Christmas because she decided to see a tennis ball. No! <laughs> Miss Pearl! Is that what it was? Miss Pearl! Yeah, she ate a tennis ball, mate, and everything oh, else. what a little bitch! She was so ill, and we were so scared, like, again, that she was, like, dying, oh, and I, like, no. went, like, crying into the vets, like, five minutes before they are close, so dramatic, like, my dog! And they were like, ah! And we were like, ah! But she's all good now, <laughs> and she's home and resting. Little shit. Oh. <laughs> is that since? Is that Sharks since the last could survive anything. thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the second time she's done it. <gasps> so this is another thing. This, this is, is another one. Yeah. This since is... the one earlier. Oh no, no. This is that one. No, this Sorry, is the she one. She did it this, about oh. summer last year. Right. <laughs> Bull terriers. Oh, but yeah. So yeah. Other than that, but I will play oh, what uh, God of War after Christmas because I'm desperate to play it and I've literally muted any spoilers I, I was going to say have you managed to avoid I, any spoilers yeah I have actually completely so yeah I, I think I've yeah. managed to as well so hopefully I know I'll probably like as soon as I turn this off I'll go on Twitter and see a massive spoiler now as soon as it. you talk about it your phone's like right let me show you <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's exactly it <laughs> so before we move on to the main topic I need to do a bit of our usual corporate shilling so, Smash That Glass is a modern escapers and network production. We currently have a lineup of four regular podcasts, which includes our main show, Modern Escapism, a live D and D playthrough podcast, do Dragon Stream with Scorch Sheep, and Deep Dive Lounge. And it's a thirty-minute uh, podcast with Oodles, where his guests get a series of ten questions. If you head over to modernescapism.co.uk, you'll find all of our social links and contact details, and our Discord. And for £7.50 a month plus VAT, you'll find all four of our podcasts, plus any specials, ad-free a few days early, in our, in our case, completely uncensored as part of the Biggie Bundle on Patreon. That's at least 11 podcasts per month, and it includes yeah, specials and all sorts. And if you're a new listener, I really do urge you to check out our sister podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you usually listen to your podcasts. This week, it is Super Natty Cat's turn. To speak of a woman of note, and I would like to know who you are doing. So you probably wouldn't be able to guess who I have chosen, because when we officially started this podcast, I was like, oh, I'm going to be all sciencey and clever and and, 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 and whatnot. But um, after thinking about it, I was like, oh, do you know what? I really want to talk about Shay. Sure. So okay. yeah, I actually want to talk about Shay. Nice. Exactly. She is the original queen um and this was all brought on by my mum so i grew up listening to sheer my mum always used to play her in the car and i always knew like a couple of lines from every single song she ever had and would just go <laughs> to the rest of them <laughs> but it was always known like the main one uh, wouldn't understand a word of what she was singing about um or anything like that so i did a little bit of looking into sheer because my mum went and saw her Ooh, it was recently actually. She went and saw her on stage and she literally FaceTimed the whole thing for me oh, um, so that I could watch her as well. And then she came back and she was wearing her sheer t-shirt with sheer on it. Oh. And, like all the tour dates on the back. And I was like, oh, mummy's such a legend. So I think my mum's had a lot of influence um, with me like in sheer. And when we were younger um, and the film Mermaids come out. Yeah. So that was with, yeah. So the Shoop Shoop song. So my mum thought she was sheer. And my sister and me were the two little girls. Aww. So we used to go in our like little, we had a little bedroom and like a little, it was a fourth bedroom, but it was tiny. And that's had what had our Windows 95 computer in. And she used to play the Shoop Shoop song on repeat and we would practice it. 
and then at my wedding we 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 sang it there as well Aww. so um not sing it but it came on and we danced to it it was really cute so um so yeah so I wanted to talk about Cher because there was actually a lot about her life that I didn't realize um and she she stands for a lot of things not just being an absolute gay icon <laughs> yes but she she's done loads like loads Can but we, um so that bef- before you get started mm. with that does everyone have their go-to share impression oh yeah <laughs> go go oh, go on, go on, on. <laughs> here we go then i love doing this this is my favorite i was gonna do say we do it at work yeah <laughs> I can oh. feel some <laughs> 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 for anyone who can't see the video, which is available on YouTube, Candy is just slapping her throat. <laughs> She's like She's a little like a turkey just the slapping. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a karate chop straight to the to the larynx. <laughs> Go on, well, go on, what about you, Asa? What's yours? I was going to do the same thing. We just do it daily oh. at work. It's a daily occurrence. As soon as it comes Can you do it later? Yeah. Well, it's the same, it's the same. I, I don't know. I don't know if I could do a share you impression. You can do um, one. Come on now. Um, oh, back, turn back. Oh, yes. Down. Oh, that was good. You're so pleased. Up. No, that's not it. Tina Tina. I specifically do a share impression um, through Jack McFarland on Will and Grace. <laughs> That's my share impression. <laughs> there was um, the one that I always used to love. My favourite song when I was growing up was Just Like Jesse James. Oh, <laughs> that one. Yeah. Oh, stunning. <laughs> I love that one. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, um, so yeah, so anyway, uh, going on to Cher after that. Um, so she was born in 1946. So she is actually 76 years old. Oh my God. She looks oh incredible. 76. She's never actually made uh, any hiding about the fact that she's had plastic surgery. She absolutely opens herself up to it. And actually people have said, like really famous plastic surgeons have actually said that she is basically the icon for for plastic surgery because she's pretty much had everything done mm. and she she i think in my my opinion she looks amazing mm. but um, anyway yeah so she's 76 years old um her father was a truck driver who was addicted to drugs and gambling and her mother um she was an aspiring but unfortunately really working actress and model but she was primarily a waitress and she's parents split when she was a baby but her mum continued to pursue um, a life of sort of fame, uh, always chasing sort of Hollywood. And when she started to see her um, children growing up, her two girls, she decided to take Cher and her sister to auditions to be in extras for commercials and TV shows. And this was in between her mum having a string of failed marriages. So Cher didn't really ever have a father figure in her life. So she was very much, uh, my mum's doing mm. this all on her own. Um she also said as well that a couple of her sort of stepdads were alcoholics as well. Um, so she kind of went off key a little bit and sort of made her own her own life for herself. So she started to grow into performer when she was in school. Um, so she was in her own school stage shows. She choreographed a bunch of girls to uh, take part in shows and things in school. Um, but she always stuck out because she had an unusually deep voice mm-hmm. as a child. I've forgotten what her... I haven't written it down, but she's got an unusual tone for a lady. I can't remember what it's called, but um, she's got a very unusual tone, which meant that when she was trying to get guys to be in her stage shows that she'd made for school, they didn't want to be in them, so she played the male parts as well. Right. 
Um, so, so yeah, so she she actually played female and male parts in her projects. And then when she was 16, she'd started to actually sing um, backing vocals for a couple of famous uh, famous singers that became famous, one of them being Sonny. So she became a backing singer for Sonny and um, he knew that she had something special with her voice because she stuck out mm. and she would sing and sing over the top of the other backing singers and sometimes drown him out as well. <laughs> Just so he's it like, out. we've got to do something together. <laughs> so I think he kind of grasped onto that and was like, shit, this woman's special. So Cher actually suffered with really bad stage fright. And she said the only time she could sing was if she was a backing singer. So he kind of coached her into duetting. And if you notice a lot of her videos from, if you look her up on YouTube and she's singing with Sonny, she's always looking at him, not at the audience. And it's because she said she needed him to be there to stop her from getting stage fright. She couldn't look at the audience. She had to look at someone else and it was him. So ultimately, she fell in love with him um, and they had a relationship together. Um, In 1965, they released the very, very famous song. You probably all know it. I Got You, Babe. And that was um, it topped numerous charts. In uh, it was one of the biggest songs of the '60s. I think it's on the billboards like what like 500 songs for like ever best songs, and it's it's up there with those. So um, they released a string of hits together. After that, she became a household name, um, but she also started making music on her own. So she started to drift a little bit from the Sunny and Cher act. Uh, after this then when people started to recognize her as a solo artist the duetting started to flop so they starred in a flopped movie together as well they were both dropped from their own solo record labels and I think this is where their marriage also then started to go a bit AWOL because she signed on with another label and released a semi-successful album whilst he was still struggling I think he got a little bit jealous and he actually prevented her from making any further records on that label. Oh. So as she, yeah, so as she started to get more famous, I think he started to get a little bit bitter about it. So this actually progressed to, they were in a nightclub um, because they'd started to not get so many gigs together. So they were in a random nightclub performance together singing, but they were so bad that the audience started to heckle them. But Sheer being Sheer started to literally call them names back. (laughs) And then when Sunny tried to pull it back from that, she started shouting at him. (laughs) And this was basically the version of something going viral back in like the 60s because um, it actually gained a lot of traction. So it was recorded and it was replayed and producers got a hold of it and actually said, they're fucking funny. Right. So they started to get offers to actually be on comedy sketches, um, basically together, just being assholes to each other. And then actually after that, they became a household name because they starred in various shows, so Sunny and Sheer. Um, and then that's when she started to kind of work into this, like, I don't know, this mask of Sheer. She started to actually live up to her name. She knew that people loved her for being her. So she started to wear the really cool clothes. Her hair was jet black, really extravagant makeup. So she became an absolute icon. Um, and she started to own trends. So they used to go to concerts and there wasn't anybody that wanted to see Sunny they just wanted to see Sheer and they'd all be dressed like her and copy her they'd all have black wigs on that's just the men so uh, so yeah so <laughs> yeah now it's just the men um so yeah so she she started to really uh, break away then they then unfortunately divorced and Sheer at this point she had two kids she was then single she made the decision to go hit the ground running and she started releasing hit after hit. So she worked really, really hard. She was making TV appearances. She actually went on, oh, 
I haven't written it down, but she went on um, a really famous chat show and she actually called him an asshole. David Letterman. I was going to say this Letterman, Letterman, I think, yeah. Yeah, and it's really famous because she really didn't like him. Mm. And he actually said that he was, she was one of the only stars that he actually wanted um, to get on his show because he said, I've spoken to lots of famous people over the years and she was one of the ones he really wanted to speak to. But because he was a little bit of a misogynist towards her, she didn't want to fucking know him. Good. So she was an asshole back to him and she actually called him an asshole. I mean, you, you must have had a change of heart about something. No, actually. I don't know because I thought that I would never want to do this show with you. Now why? <laughs> now let's, let's explore this a little. Why? Because you thought I was uh, uh... an asshole. So, um, so yeah, I was like, good for you. Go on, share. Good for you. Go on, share. So um, she then wanted to go into films. So she actually had a residency in Caesars in Vegas. And then she was like, right, I'm ready to go into films. Because she always wanted to be an actress. She loved Hollywood like her mum. So um, we, she didn't realise that she, like back back then, they didn't know what dyslexia was. Um, Cher actually struggled in school. Mm. Um, not just with her appearance and how she looked and how she sounded. Because she always said that she was unattractive. But she also didn't see herself as being intelligent. She says, I'm never, ever going to be clever. And she was actually dyslexic. Aww. So she really struggled to read aloud. Yeah. So when she was going for auditions, she wasn't getting the roles because she would stammer. Um, she couldn't read properly. And it wasn't until she went for uh, one film when she was auditioning, she said um, she was trying to read it. And the guy that was casting said, look, if you can't read it, just sing it. Sing what the character is feeling. And after she did that, he said, you've got the part. So she then landed a role in, that was Moonstruck. So that won her an Academy Award and a Golden Globe for Best Actress. And then after that then, that's when she became huge. So that's when she did If I Could Turn Back Time. She then released um, the really famous album that had that on with um, Just Like Jesse James. And then she became absolutely huge. So she did more residencies, did loads of concerts and tours. And just when everybody thought she was done in 1998, she released another karaoke banger, Believe. So the one that Joe was just, uh, <laughs> was singing Good. earlier, uh, doing so well. Um, it was the fastest selling UK single by a female artist ever. And actually she prompted something called the Sheer Effect, which was actually what you were just doing then, Candy, <laughs> which was basically where she decided on that track, she wanted to do exaggerated auto-tune, mm. which nobody had ever done before. And they all thought that she was daft for suggesting it. But actually, since then, it's been used by hundreds of thousands of people. And she was the first one to do it. That single um, was so just number one forever as well. Yeah. I think it was like... It was! It was like 12 weeks or I, something in the charts. It was ridiculous. It was something It was something crazy. I remember it coming out. I remember the music video being stupid glad. Yeah. I remember it being played at like... Um, I remember it being played at school discos. But the one time I remember it being played was in 1999 so it came out in 1998 but i still remember it being a massive song for the millennium yeah. mm -hmm. so even a year later it was still absolutely massive literally my nan um, played and it for like a year straight on tape you'd go in our house and it would just be on it would <laughs> never stop it would just be on loop it was brilliant <laughs> it was it's such a good song and even now like everybody knows it um yeah. it's so such an iconic song of the 90s and if you, you've got to remember she was in her what late 40s mid 50s when that song came out and that song was played in nightclubs <laughs> like crazy. you don't really like madonna's released quite a few mm. but sheer like that song nothing's ever broken away mm. like sheer did with that song like i can't think of many singers that are 
at the age that she was and in the point of her career where you'd think, right, she's, she's probably settling down now, release a couple of absolutely. quiet songs like Kylie kind of does. And no, it was still absolutely huge. So um, Cher is still touring now. She's had a few more residencies in Vegas again. She still wears killer boots. Uh, she wears lace and leather in her 70s. And if you watch her live singing now, she's still as good as she was. Um, she always sings live. She's amazing. She's just finished another world tour. She's uh, released a couple of perfumes. She's like been on chat shows chatting. And she's just on unapologetically herself. Yeah. So what I really love about her is that she's never identified herself as anything but an outcast and eccentric, which is probably why I love her so much. Um, she's a huge gay icon. Uh, her own daughter came out as being gay, and that led her to become a spokeswoman for uh, lots of gay community events and organisations. Mm. So she's also an ambassador for several children's health charities. She's a chair for Habitat for Humanity, which is um, an animal uh, rights um, group. Um, she uh, donated 180,000 bottles of water to Michigan after the lead poisoning scandal yeah. in 2016. So I only learned about that after the Netflix documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And that was absolutely disgusting. Um, all these people were taking their kids into hospitals because they were all being poorly in the same way. And the uh, hospitals were botching the results of their blood tests because there was such a high level of lead in their blood. And um, so after she heard about that, she got involved and donated clean water to Michigan for that. She's also a, an elder rights activist. Uh, she's, uh, yeah, she's just amazing. So, uh, so she's still getting involved in all that stuff now. Something else I thought was really cool about her, she was also the inspiration for Mother Gothel in the Disney oh, film Tangled. Nice. So they like actually said that, yeah. yeah. I can see that, yeah. yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. And she's she said this as well. So this is just a quote that she said. And being um, uh, an elder sort of icon as well, because like I said, she's 76 and she's still strutting around with her boobs out. And I absolutely love that. She said, uh, we're held to a different standard than men. Some guy said to me, don't you think you're too old to sing rock and roll? And I said, you'd better check with Mick Jagger. Exactly. God, and I thought, yeah. that is so fucking true. Because yeah. Mick Jagger's, what, 80? Well, 180, I think. <laughs> and nobody, nobody says a fucking word to him. She famously, in an interview, said um, that her mother said, grow up and uh, marry a rich yeah. man. And she goes, mom, I am a rich man. That's the best. Which I yeah. absolutely love that line. And I think she's got um, she's got a transgender son, mm -hmm. uh, Chaz, Chaz yes, Bono. Yes. Yeah. Um, so although Chaz came out as gay, later came out as trans and uh, is uh, living their life as a as a man. Um, and uh, yeah, been on um, Drag Race as a yeah. um, guest judge a couple of times, which is where I'm familiar with him from. She actually said as well that when when she, um, Chaz first came out as being gay. Um, she actually said she felt quite, she didn't know how to react mm. because she'd been this gay icon. And then when that happened, she said, I don't really know what to do about it. And she made no, well, she was just very human about it. She, she said what her emotions were without thinking what the backlash was going to be. And then she looked into it and started speaking to people and then accepted it. And, mm. and, and she, 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 that's just the way things work. Yeah. So so yeah, I think I think she's unapologetically human and lovely, mm. and she's obviously a, a very hard worker, mm. and she stood out at a time when, 
I think, again, another quote was that at the time that she was making music, if you released a good song, a producer would pat you on the head and go, good girl. Yeah. But she absolutely slayed. So, uh, so yeah, and the last quote that I've got from here, so before I finish, this is the, the last thing that I, I read and I thought was amazing, was that she actually said, the longer I look good, the better gay men feel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love that. Which I thought was really cool. Oh, she does look so, amazing. So, yeah. She's also in one of the best films ever. That you didn't even mention, burlesque. I was about to say. Yeah, Yeah, with Christina Aguilera. (laughs) She looks amazing in that too. Do you know what? I've I've never seen it. It used to be played when I was in school and they got the old TV out and they would like <laughs> like reel it into like history at Christmas. And Burlesque was one of the videos. <gasps> so uh but I never really paid much attention to it. That's like she obviously slays in it and I used to watch it cuz I was like, "Oh, I love Christina Aguilera. She's oh, amazing." Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh but yeah, is is her acting good in that? Cuz obviously the, she's, she's just sharing it else, and that's yeah. what makes it just so much better. I'm it's Christina Aguilera playing the uh, the ingenue. It's just hilarious. It's just so good. It's <laughs> it's, it's like it's um yeah, you got so burlesque is a bit like uh, came out around about the same time that like Moulin Rouge was really popular, mm. and um, and Chicago around that time I remember. Mm. So like a big sort of you know sexy show tunes type thing. Yeah, it got banned in our house through lockdown because I'd watch it all the time, and Chris was like, "This has got to stop. <gasps> like I can't hear another song." And then I was going through Netflix and I was like, "What about this new film, Burlesque?" <laughs> it's like. <laughs> And I was like, oh. Showgirl, that's what I'm thinking of. Right. I'm thinking of Showgirl. Do you remember with the girl from Saved by the Bell? Oh, God. And, I don't uh, think it's I've... really poorly acted. Oh, Is that gosh. Kelly Kapowski? Like... That girl. Oh, the, the, oh gosh. I can, I can never remember names, but she's in Showgirl. She's She oh, played God, like the... Who was the um the nerdy girl in Saved by the Bell? Like, tall, What, the curly-haired Jessie? Oh, yeah, the curly-haired Yeah, her, that Jessie? actress plays... That actress plays um, the main character in Showgirl, oh, and it's Showgirl. really badly acted, and it's it's bad. You gotta watch it. <laughs> gonna, I'll add it to my list. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is that is Shea. She is my is my icon. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's, that's a, a really really good icon. She's the same age as Dolly Parton. Born in, oh, she's another one. She's another yeah. one. That's yeah. just yeah. Amazing. Dolly Parton. I'm surprised she, she hasn't done the Moderna vaccine. Yeah, she, um, well, she, if you, I was listening to a podcast called, um, uh, like, a, like a Dolly Parton podcast where the uh, son of a doctor who was friends with Dolly Parton, uh, he ended up interview getting to interview her and he did like a, a really low budget type kind of um, po- podcast about her and he interviewed her and did a bit of like uh, stuff about her life and things like that. But it was his dad who was, um, he's a doctor, but he was born um, in another country um, and from like a rural mountain area of that country and so he and Dolly Parton got along really well they came from big families poor families communities in the mountain they had a lot of in common and um, the journalist remarked on how these two people from opposite sides of the world had so much in common because of the the, the sort of uh, rural mountain life yeah. they grew up in it was really cute but yeah it's a Dolly Parton podcast if anyone listened to it Everyone, oh, loves, everyone loves a bit of Dolly. There's just nothing to not like about her, Dolly. is there? Absolutely. Another, another absolute icon. But I want to know what feedback we have this week. Um, Super Natty Cat, what was your question to the listeners? 
Oh, I don't bloody know. There it is. So, uh, feedback today. Um, I asked the question, what female lead in a band, book, film, series, game, or piece of media did you initially think wasn't going to work, but after watching or listening to the said media, you were gorgeously proven wrong? So we had quite a nice little bit of feedback. So, starting with Johnny Kanehurst. So he put, this is a feedback topic I've been waiting for, uh, as I have a story like this that unfolded over years. 2008 or so, I went to the cinema to see the terrible animated movie Star Wars, The Clone Wars, which was a feature-length kickoff for the long-running CG series of the same name. In the film, Anakin Skywalker now has an aggravating kid sidekick he is training as a Jedi named Ashoka. Uh, Ashoka Tano. However, Ashoka, voiced by Ashley Eckstein, would quickly become a fan favourite. After this rocky start, the show would provide easily the best prequel era stories from the Star Wars universe, and Ashoka was developed into one of the best characters in the, in the franchise. She definitely became one of my favourites, and was the sort of useful adventure lead I associate with classic shows like The Last Airbender. She had a well-defined set of values that clashed entertainingly with the aesthetic space monks that Jedi had become in the prequel, prequels. She was the focus of at least three of the most arresting sequences Star Wars has ever had uh, across the Clone Wars and the Rebel series, which she crossed over to later on, whether dropping out of orbit to battle the Separatist army or coming face to face once again with the man who had become Darth Vader. She's even appeared in The Mandalorian, portrayed by the incomparable Rosario Dawson, Dawson. and is lined up for a Rosario Dawson and is lined up for her own Disney Plus series. I hope her adventures continue for a long time yet. I was going to say, I thought there was a film or a, a Disney Plus series coming out. That's going to be, that should be amazing. Like she is, So is Ashoka the one that's like got the... She's got the kind of the white kind of headdress type thing and sort of the orangey face with the makeup. She's super cool. She's really cool. That's it. Yeah, she is cool. Yes. Yeah, she is. She's a real um, culty kind of favourite with, uh, with Star Wars fans. Especially like kind of like Boba Fett then. Yeah, it, well, especially out of the the kind of newer characters since you know the first, well, even six films because she came out. Yeah, Clone Wars. Um, yeah, absolute fan favorite. So yeah, that's a really good pick. Uh, then we've got Biggie. So he put. I've actually got two choices from the same show: Maisie Williams and Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones as Arya and Stanza, respectively. Watching how the two characters grow is a testament to both young actresses' craft as both go on grueling journeys in their stories and both are integral to the plot. They both become powerful and smart women who make their own mistakes and learn from them, and seeing how they change over the eight seasons is a joy. Watching interviews with them both and find out they are besties in real life too is the icing on the yeah. cake. I think the, um, the, the actress who played Maisie Williams recently did an interview about how, um, you know, growing up, on set and and all the problems she's had around that um i can't it'd be good to kind of look look it up i think um she's got like bleached blonde hair in the interview i can't remember who it was with um but she was just sort of talking about all the sort of problems she's had since and struggles um she's had since so that it must be really difficult growing up in a franchise like that you know because she was a really cute kid um but i know she sort of went through a bit of like an awkward teenage year and um you know, it was probably a struggle to grow up on set like that, mm. having to, you know, grueling Such work schedules. Such a big show as well. Like, that mm. was just the absolute pinnacle. Mm. Everyone was watching Game of Thrones. Mm. And, yeah, that yeah. it must have been difficult. But she, like, she's been taking a, a couple of sort of tear-away roles recently. She was in um, Pistol. Sex, yeah, I was going to say the Sex Pistol mm. thing. That was amazing. Yeah, she was good in that as well. And it's obviously a much more sort of adult role for her. And very, it can be more different to her role in uh, Azaria, uh, isn't it? Arya Stark. Yeah. Mm. It can be more yeah. different. Um, so yeah, I look, I look forward to see 
seeing what she does in the future, Maisie Williams. Yeah, and also um, Sansa Stark played her. Uh, I thought I thought the the arc of the character was really interesting. How she started off as wanting to be married off and wanting to sort of essentially fall into what was expected of her to be like a prized something for a, a trade deal you know to secure mm. something for her family you know have the fairy tale and little did she know that she realized she had to sort of rescue herself in the end mm. uh, which is probably something that a lot of women grow up knowing we're sort of fed a lie as kids that you know here's all these lovely fairy tales and this is what life will probably be like and as you get older you realize that's not the case and that you're your own knight in shining armor which sounds really cliche but it kind of is the truth i think if you think and, about uh, it though actually yeah. thinking of game of thrones it's actually got like a lot of very strong female characters doesn't it like cersei lannister she was a strong character had uh, brienne mm. of tarth um they did Arya. her dirty in the end Definitely. though uh, brienne they tarth, did they everyone did her, dirty let's be they honest. did her dirty uh daenerys oh. as well obviously mm-hmm. so yeah got it's, done it's... dirty <laughs> But- Which is interesting because the new series, I don't think there's a lot of men doing horrific men things, and then just a lot of women having to just react and figure it out and go along. But you know, mm. like it's 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 really there's two key or oh, there's three key females in the whole show, and I know appreciate they are sort of central cast, but everyone else, men and boys, and yeah, it's just I mean the and the brutality that these women have to faced with as well you know mm. it's just um it, it feels written by men for men the new series a little bit yeah i haven't i can't comment because i haven't i've only seen the first couple of episodes did you not enjoy it or? do you know what? i was never a huge fan of game of thrones um i got to about sort of halfway through and just kind of got a bit sick of it which i think i, I ducked out at around the right time and i i dipped into the new one just out of interest and it just it, it didn't it didn't float my boat what else have we got for feedback I will, I, will, I, will, I will continue. <laughs> uh, so then we've got uh, Love of uh, of Your Life Gadget. He said, uh, one thing that I never thought would work out was Angela Gosso in Arch Enemy. Yeah. I was never against female singers in metal, but Arch Enemy's first singer was a growly, screamy monster of a man. And when it was announced that he was going to be replaced by Gosso, I didn't buy it. I didn't think it would work, but boy, was I wrong. She has one of the most destructive voices of any singer I've ever heard, male or female. Now I realised that at the time I'd never heard a woman doing dirty vocals in metal, so I'd assumed she was going to be, of course, doing the Nightwish Within Temptation thing. But when I was young, and an idiot at the time, uh, but then I was young and an idiot at the time, of course, women can growl and guttural with the big boys, but it's certainly eye-opening in the first time I heard her on a record. Yeah, it is incredible. And I thought, she actually, I don't think she's the singer for Arch Enemy anymore. I think they've got another female vocalist, and then Angela Gosso is the manager, I believe. But another really, really good um, growly female metal vocalist is um, Otep, um, which is a sort of anagram of, of poet. But she's really good. If you haven't heard of Otep, check that out too. I've never heard of them. I'm going to have a listen. Yeah, it's very good. What would you What would you say they're like? Um, kind of, it is metal, but there's a lot of, um, I, I wouldn't call it rap, but there's very rhythmical kind of um, poetry within it. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 basically metal, but it's it's very very good. Um, and lastly, we've got Stig. So Stig's sent a very long one. Um, so uh, so buckle up, boys. <laughs> uh, 
So Stig starts oh, with, you certainly set a tough topic for this week's feedback and I really had to rack my brain on something because quite honestly, gender swapping or female lead things have never been an issue for me. They don't always work out, but I'll never write them off like some dickheads automatically do. But when I did find something that I thought was worth mentioning, and that's the recent evolution of women's wrestling and how attitudes have changed in regard to it, especially, specifically, Western wrestling, because I don't really follow the Japanese scene. Women's wrestling in WWE had always been secondary to the men's. We had some proper women wrestlers in the late 90s, early noughties. But in the mid-2000s, the WWE started to move away from those and focus more on hiring models with zero in-ring talent. It suddenly becomes more about how they looked than how they could wrestle. The term women was scrapped and in its place they were known as divas. Mm. And a diva search was held every year like a talent show to hire the next batch of pretty faces. Even the women's title was scrapped in favour of the Divas title, a pink and silver belt shaped like a butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> 2005 to 2014 was the worst time in women's wrestling ever. Women's matches and segments were known as the piss break because nobody cared. So how does this relate to the topic at hand? Well, basically because women's wrestling was in such a state that someone had told me back then that by 2018 we'd be where we are now. I'd have laughed them out of the building. But here we are, it's 2022. The Divas title is long gone. The women's world title is back and now the women have their own Royal Rumble. They fight in cage matches, Hell in a Cell, Elimination Chamber and War Games. They're having ladder matches or beating the fuck out of each other in no-holds-barred matches. Whatever the men can do, the women are now doing and they're excelling at it too. They just needed a chance and the right performers. Gone are the Barbie-esque models. Now we have tough, badass women with real talent and characters. Since 2014, we've seen some amazing talent arrive and smash the glass ceiling Hey, smash the glass ceiling of the world of professional wrestling. I see what you did wrestling. there. I see what you did there. In 2019, we had the first ever WrestleMania main event headlined by three women. This wasn't just a token gesture either. These three had made themselves the biggest stars in the company and everyone wanted to see Becky Lynch win the title. It was incredible. Cut to two years later and yet again we have a WrestleMania headlined by the women, but this time by two African-American women, another huge milestone in the sport. Basically, what I'm getting at is that there was a time when the very idea of a woman headlining the biggest wrestling show on the planet was laughable and nowhere in sight. But now we're in a golden age of women's wrestling and the whole industry is all the better for it. We're now at a point where fans get pissed off when the woman gets pushed aside. They're no longer the bathroom break. Good. I love that story. Very well written. Do you know what? I'm thinking of two wrestlers. I remember when, um, because I enjoy watching wrestling. I'm not like as into it as Stig is. But um, I dated someone who liked wrestling, so I ended up watching a lot of it with him. And I kind of really got into it a little bit myself. Um, so I I remember seeing Ronda Rousey join WWE mm. after um, her defeat in UFC. And she had gone on like an incredible run of being undefeated. And then she, um, I think she started to not really enjoy UFC or started to lose or whatever her reasons were. She, can, she had she a, a jaw broke. Is that what it by was? By Holly Holmes, yeah. Oh, so she joined WWE and that was a really big get. And I remember thinking, oh my God, that's going to be so good. And probably my favourite female wrestler at the moment. And I've just quickly Googled her name just to make sure I got it right. Oh God, I fancy her so much. <laughs> oh God, I just, she just does something to me. Like this woman makes my knees go weak. Uh, Rhea Ripley? Do you know who I'm talking about? I'm going to have a little yeah, look. Quick can... Google. Everyone yeah. have a quick Google. Oh yeah, and she's watch, like, like she's a like quick video of her. Oh, she's beautiful. Oh, She's like strong and tall and she doesn't give a she fuck. Look, she looks she looks like something out of a game. Oh wow. She is she's oh, she just a, she is just a baddie. Isn't she? I love her. 
oh, just the attitude I love and the swagger, and she just she's just a she's a well, she's clearly a heel. Um, she's badass, but she's just awesome. And I every time I see a clip of her, I stop. I watch and it feels kind of dirty and I like I it. would not fuck with her. She is terrifying. <laughs> Do you not want to climb that sort of volcano? Do you no. not know? Oh, she's a danger tree. I would I like climb. her to be in my corner, though, if I was having a fight with somebody. Yeah. Like just kind of standing behind my back and shaking her fist. Oh, I would just, I'd, I'd love to get drunk with her, I think. <laughs> she drinks. She's obviously, because obviously they table. put it on. It's a character that they play, but uh, she's just... Oh, she's just she's just a bisexual's dream, that woman. <laughs> and let's not forget the classic fighting with my family film either. Oh, which I know Steve doesn't like, but I've never <laughs> seen it. Oh, I've never ever seen it. Florence should we, should Pugh. Do we watch? <gasps> a watch, watch along. I'm so up. For I've never that. seen it. I would watch that. I'm what, is it Paige? Is she just called Paige? Paige, yeah. Yeah, because I just I only see clip, Paige yeah. now as Florence Pugh. Yeah, me too. And when Paige comes off my Instagram, I'm like, oh, not Florence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset. I thought I was going to go boxing after that, didn't I? And then that's the other time we did a boxing class. Oh, yeah, and you didn't that like didn't that one either, did you? <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard. It we, too need hard. Just, we need just a segment of you guys boxing. <laughs> we've tried boxing all sorts, we've had all sorts of hobbies. We tried boxing, we've tried pole dancing. That draws. lasted for about a Yeah, month. pole dancing was, didn't really take off. But, yeah. We look like a pair of rotisserie chickens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine you guys concentrating on all the gear and have no idea. That was absolutely <laughs> turned up Every time. And just sort of slid the pole through your crack as you kind of and went, like, oh, these new fishnets feel And weird. we're like, oh, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, should we go home? Yeah. yeah, I had one move. I had one move that I could do, and that was it. That was just my signature move. Then I just kept practicing. You only that. need one. <laughs> I remember. Do you know? Speaking of pole dancing, I remember Candy used to take me to a strip club in Weston, and we went there. I only ever used to go to strip clubs with oh, you. Oh, she never there. takes me to strip clubs. Oh, about that. No, oh well, I'm sorry, Acid, but she's taken me to plenty of strip clubs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I used to love a strip club. A strip club. When I first went, I felt really awkward, and I was asking you loads of questions like, "What do I do? Do I, what, what, do I need to touch her? Like, what do I do? I want to make sure I'm respectful. How do I be respectful?" <laughs> just, they just like a little chat, really, don't they? Just give a little chat and pop some money in their hand if you've got some. You don't have to ask for anything. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely fine. Is that it for feedback? That's it for feedback. Uh, do we have anything for just ask her? We do indeed. Ooh. So we have a just ask her from someone going by the alias of Nicola. Uh, So Nicola says, in my job, I've just been given a pay rise. I was very satisfied with this, given the current climate and gave myself a pat on the back. It wasn't until a few days later that we were all discussing our pay rises in work. that I found myself, I found that my male colleague in the same role as me has been given a greater pay rise than myself. Oh, yuck. My manager who decides pay is also male and this has upset me greatly. How do I go about talking to my boss about this? I'm grateful for the pay rise. I don't want to sound ungrateful, but I'm also very pissed off and I see this as a misogynist move. What do I do? Okay. That sucks. <laughs> that really does suck. I would, well, I work in HR as well, so that, that kind of helps, but uh, this is not HR advice. This is entirely mine as a person on a podcast advice. So take it as you will. I would say get very familiar with your company's uh, policies on pay rises and understand if there are honorariums or if it is like a full pay rise um, 
just so that you're fully informed so whatever effectively whatever bullshit they try and throw your way at least you're informed in the moment as to what your rights are you may be part of a union so you can always speak to them you can get free advice um uh from sort of em- em- employment charities and employment unions and stuff like that so you can speak to them but the first step would be to say to pull your boss to one side and say had a conversation found out so and so which is doing the same role as me would you agree and make sure before you start addressing the money issue See if you can get your line manager to agree that you are doing the same job. So have a conversation with them and say, do you agree that X is doing the same job as me? They can say yes. Are there any differences in responsibility expected between us? No, you're doing the same job. Uh, do we have any um, different levels of like accountability? You know, is, is he in charge of more people than I am? No, you're doing the same job. Okay, I've noticed that he's got a greater pay rise than me. He told me. Can you let me know the reason why for the discrepancy? You can also make sure you've got um, a representative from your HR department and how big your company is. But you can also speak to them and just say that that's something you've noticed and that, as you know, it's decided by line managers. It might be a case where they can have a conversation because there are procedures to these things. And, you know, companies do have to um, be transparent with these things now. They do have to provide audits uh, for their male and female staff um, and most companies have to provide those audits uh, to show that they're paying people equally. So uh, this may be something that maybe um, HR don't know about and you could probably speak to them and they'll, you know, get worried because it's a, it's a easily a uh, gender uh, dispute, something that you could easily take to court. So they oh. would want to deal with it straight away. Yeah. And and also yeah. the best thing to do is, as well is to just give everyone the benefit of the doubt. The first action is is just fact finding you are gathering your information you're finding out what the company policy is you're finding out anything they've got online about being a fair employer or something that they do that they make sure that they're a fair and equitable employer you know most companies have all these things available for you to have a look at read up about it get your information so that you're you know forearmed is better to be forewarned what's the saying Forearmed is forewarned. Forearmed is forewarned. Yeah, Candy, can you edit that? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. It was cute the first time. Forearms is too many. (laughs) (laughs) As always, following Jeepers' advice may result in diarrhea and tinnitus. And on that note, we are done. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Thank you to our my co-hosts. For, thank you for everyone for the feedback um, contact information go to modernescapism.co.uk or check the show notes thanks everyone bye, bye. bye. bye.